Good morning, Chapel Hill. If you do not have a Bible with you this morning, you're going to need one as we dig into a psalm together this morning. So if you don't have a Bible, just go ahead and put your hand up, and the ushers will get you a Bible that you can use to follow along in. And if you're receiving one of those Bibles that are being passed out and you do not currently have a Bible of your own, keep the one that you receive. Um, One thing that I want to uh, clarify here, because I know a lot of you are wondering, that was not me on drums. Um, You know, I have the hair for it. And the only reason why they decided to ask Daniel to come in and play drums and not have me do it is because I can't play drums. So anyway, they have their decision-making process. I don't question it. All right. This morning, we continue in our series called Deconstruction. And what we've been doing this summer is we've been looking at some of our pursuits and our priorities and our values And we've been taking a close look at each one of them, and we've been breaking them down to figure out why they have so much value for us and impact in our lives, and then reconstructing them according to what we see or hear from God, from God, excuse me, about their place in our lives. Two weeks ago, we looked at success. Last week, we looked at failure, and I hope that you were encouraged by that message, God has a lot to offer us when it comes to our success and our failures. He wants us to succeed at eternal things, and he doesn't see us as failures when we don't succeed. And if you missed a a message or two this summer, let me remind you that you can find an audio recording of each Sunday's message on our website, chapelhillchurch.com, and listen there. Now, this morning, we're going to spend some time talking about something that I think is clearly very important to us. The topic that we're going to deconstruct and rebuild is the subject of security. Security. The need for security in our lives is one of those needs that are wired into us. God created us with a need for security. So let's talk about that. But first, as we've done many times in this series, let's define security So we're working off the same page as we proceed together here. Security is simply the state of being free from danger or threat. The state of being free from danger or threat. It's being certain of something. It's having an assured future on some level. There's peace and there's confidence that come with security. And it doesn't take us long to think of an aspect of our lives in which we would like to have security or we feel like we do have security. So think about some of the things that we're looking for security in, in our lives. Obviously, we want financial security. We have a desire to know that there's no danger or threat to us financially. We put a lot of effort into creating what we believe is financial security. TV commercials are full of things that will promise us that security. We strive to earn more, to manage our money better, to save, to invest, to plan. We long to know that the bottom is not going to fall out on us. We want security. We want financial security. We have a desire for material security as well. The basics of having a roof over our head and a a bed to lie down on blow up into a desire to have far more than we need so we feel a sense of material security. A nice enough house, new enough cars, a full enough fridge, 
the best entertainment that we can get. We want our family to feel satisfied and secure that they are not lacking anything. Of course, this often leads to the deterioration of any kind of financial security, and this vicious cycle continues. That's a topic for another day, but we will get there. We also want vocational security, don't we? We want to know that our job will always be there for us, providing the income that we need to have material security and financial security. We want relational security. We want family and friends that will never let us down and always provide for us the security of knowing that we belong somewhere and that the people in our lives value us. We need to know that we're loved and that we're never in danger of not being loved. We want emotional security. We want to know that the positive emotional states that we find ourselves in will not be threatened. I want to be happy, and I don't want that happiness to be in danger at all. I want peace in my life, and I want to be confident that my peace will remain unchallenged. We want personal security, to know that we're physically safe. We want a secure future. We want national security. We want generational security to know that our kids are going to look after us when we're facing things like dementia or heart disease or any number of things related to getting old. That is truly social security. And look at some of the newer realities that we're facing when it comes to our security. We have this thing called FOMO that has found its place into our society. It's a fear of missing out. We want that security of knowing that we're part of what's happening around us on many, many levels. We've developed a sense of image security. We manage our image tirelessly so that people have the right image of who we are. Not the accurate image, but the right image. We want identity security. We want people to identify us the right way, racially, sexually, and otherwise. We now have a threat called identity theft that challenges our sense of security. So let's face it, we're a mess. We really are, because what happens when any one of our areas of security is threatened or in danger? Our security gets shaken and we develop insecurity. Insecurity is an epidemic in our culture. I've watched in my lifetime a culture adopt multiple insecurities and I can confidently say that since I was born, the rate of insecurity among us has skyrocketed. And that's not a criticism, it's a concern. How did we get to this place? Well, I want to talk about that and I want to attempt to offer some hope on this subject as well because if I was to stop now and just let this epidemic just hang out there in front of you, um, should probably be the last message I preached here. So I feel some serious vocational insecurity right now, so I'm going to keep talking. And church, I want you to understand this. This is an example of the weight that I'm feeling in my heart right now for us as a church and for our communities as well. This is one of the things that define us as a culture. We're a nation of insecurities. We're a nation of a lot of things, and these are all things that we need to work through as a church. There is hope. So this burden on my shoulders is increasing 
in heaviness, but with hopefulness as well. The list of things that we're struggling with as a culture is very long, and I'm asking you to please help me to not ignore those things, not hide from them, not shy away from them. Bear with me as we address these things together and grasp the hope that is offered us and then pass that hope along to the people around us. I call this message the Linus inside us. And I couldn't find a picture of Peter as Linus from years ago, but I tried. When I started processing this topic of security, I couldn't stop the image of Linus and his security blanket from coming into my head. And it's just the reality for us. We all need security. Things in our lives are not secure. And we invest a lot trying to find things or create things that will bring us that sense of security like the things that I just listed for you. So let's go back to the start together and see if we can figure out where things went wrong. And by back to the start, I mean, of course, back to the Garden of Eden. And by figure out what went wrong, I mean that we're going to find the same answer as we always do. What went wrong? Sin. Sin went wrong. Stupid sin. Previous to the fall in those brief glorious moments that will return one day soon, Adam and Eve enjoyed total security. There was no threat whatsoever to their security in any realm. They had absolute security as they shared the new planet with their creator. Sin came in and it did its damage. The curse was established and that security was lost. So consider this perspective once again. I've mentioned this before. In this fallen world, we face yet another result of the fall that we were not created to handle. We were made for security. We were made to have all of our needs met by our creator and to never have the need for security threatened or in danger. God provides all that we need to feel secure. But now we're living lives that come with constant threats to our sense of security. And we don't know how to handle those threats and the feelings that come with the threats. The church is not hopeless. Just as God responded to the fall of man with an immediate plan to one day eliminate the curse, so he also provided hope within the insecurity of this messed up world. So let's see what he has for us. Turn to Psalm 91. We're going to bask in God's answer to our insecurity and then we'll break it down and try to embrace it fully. And after we read Psalm 91 in the ESV, the English Standard Version, the translation of the Bible that we use as a church because of its accuracy, after we read that, we're going to read a paraphrase of Psalm 91 found in the message. So here is Psalm 91 in the ESV. Just soak this in. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, 
For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. Thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him, I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now this time, um, rather than go through and do a study on words like fowler, pinions, buckler, and adder, um, let's just read the paraphrase and dwell on the message of this psalm it's a really powerful one this is psalm 91 paraphrased by the late great eugene peterson you who sit down in the high god's presence spend the night in shaddai's shadow in god's shadow say this god you're my refuge I trust in you and I'm safe. That's right, he rescues you from hidden traps, shields you from deadly hazards. His outstretched arms protect you. Under them you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing. Not wild wolves in the night, not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon. Even though others succumb all around, drop like flies right and left, no harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched, watch it all from a distance, watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God's your refuge, the high God, your very own home. Evil can't get close to you, harm can't get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. If you will hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care if, only, if you'll only get to know and trust me. Call me and I'll answer. Be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you, then throw you a party. I'll give you a long life, give you a long drink of salvation. 
Now, does it sound to you like God's just sitting back and ignoring your state? Does that sound like a God who doesn't care, who's callously watching us suffer in fear of the the foundation giving out on us at any point? It is not what I see. I see a fortress, a rock, I see a shepherd, a father, I see a king who fights for his kingdom, I see a God who delights in providing us with the security we need right in the midst of the circumstances we live in, I see hope, I see a lifeline offered generously by the giver of life, that, that is what I see. So let's back up to our list of things that we seek security in. We highlighted things like finances and careers and relationships and emotions and physical safety and more. All of those things have something in common. All those sources of security are based in our circumstances. Can we really find security in our circumstances? No, of course we can't. Circumstances change. Circumstances can go from good to bad in a split second. One of my closest friends died in a car crash when I was a teenager. What do you suppose happened to the sense of security for his family in that moment? It was gone. If our security is based on something circumstantial, we have no security. But God doesn't want us to live in that constant state of insecurity. So church, we have to listen to the offer that he makes us in places like Psalm 91. And beyond listening, embrace the truth that we find there truth about our security in the shelter of his care we can confidently declare that God is our rock and our refuge he provides and protects our enemy doesn't have a chance with us because he can't stand up to the power of our God and father No one can take us down. Nothing can destroy us. Our circumstances cannot pose a threat to our security. In God and God alone will we find true and permanent security. Now I want to make this more concrete. Because I don't want this to be one of those truths that We hear and we sing about because we think it sounds good, sounds encouraging, it sounds hopeful, but once again we're talking about something that we can't see or touch or hear. So let's take a shot at comparing the security that we seek in our circumstances to the security that can be found in our rock and our refuge, in God. Our quest for financial security. It's based on the acquisition of money. That security is dependent primarily on our efforts, our abilities, our drive. But we know that our financial security is shaky at best. 
Financial security is vulnerable to the state of the stock market, the possibility that we'll lose our job, the presence of unexpected major expenses in our lives, and much, much more. There really is no such thing as financial security. But when it comes to provision, we can find security because God provides Paul tells us in Philippians 4.19 that God supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. There's an opportunity here for us to give God the credit and the praise for everything that we have. He provides. God provides. We want vocational security, but we all know that our jobs depend on the economy or the success or failure of the company we work for. We can't be confident that we'll always have our job. But what if we approach life as a calling instead? God has called us to the ministry of reconciliation. He has called us to be light and salt and many other things. That's something that we have security in. We are people who are called by God. So maybe the job needs to be secondary. Maybe there's a greater purpose to our work. We look for security in the people around us. We want to know that they won't let us down, but they might. We may get stabbed in the back, betrayed, snubbed, slandered because we're broken people in relationships with other broken people. So what if we sought our security in the relationship, not the person? In any relationship, we are commanded by God to love that person with unconditional, never-ending love. What if we sought our security in God's design for relationships, not in the strengths and weaknesses of the other person? There's security in that. Let me get more specific and personal. We believe that marriage is about two people loving each other and committing themselves to each other. So as in any relationship, we're often faced with the shortcomings of our spouse. They fail. They're broken people living in a fallen world born with a sinful nature. Even they can't provide security for us. What if we sought security in God's definition of and design for marriage? That is secure. And that's what we commit to when we stand face to face with each other on our wedding day. We commit to God's design and purpose for marriage. And his design and purpose is not for us to find security in each other. He offers us security in his design and purpose for marriage, which is all about him. It's not just about us. And I'll talk more about this later in the series when I preach a message on marriage, but this, this is critical. We let each other down and our security shakes like a leaf in a storm and the finger pointing begins. 
He let me down. She failed me. Now what? And our sense of security is shot. In two days, Kim and I will celebrate 25 years of marriage. I... Thank you for clapping for my wife. (laughs) Because I have let Kim down many, many times. Over the past 25 years. And praise God that she has not been seeking to have her need for security met in me. She learned long ago that her security is in Christ. She seeks security in him and in his design for marriage and we are looking forward to the next 25 years. More and more as the days go by we're realizing that we cannot put our trust in national security Our culture is headed in a bad direction, in a very vulnerable direction. And people are worrying more all the time about the future and security of our nation. But in God's kingdom, there is always security. His kingdom cannot be defeated, and it will never end. There's security there. There's peace there. There's hope there. So where does your security lie? We've been invited by God to place our security in him and to abide in him. We've been invited to dwell in a place where there is no threat or danger to us. Where where we are out of reach of our enemy. He cannot touch our spirit. We can dwell in the shelter of the Most High and abide in the shadow of the Almighty. There we find deliverance, cover, shelter, security. There we will not fear anything. The angels under God's command surround us. They will hold us up so that we will not stumble or be attacked from below. We will walk in victory and confidence, fully satisfied in what God has for us. Sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? I think we struggle with the contrast between what God promises and what we bring on ourselves as we seek security in other things. And this isn't a matter of right versus wrong. This is a matter of faith. It's us choosing to trust in someone that we can't see or touch. It's us choosing by faith to put our trust in our creator, believing that God is real and he does care for us in this way. It's faith that security does exist, but knowing that it only exists in God. So church, sit down in God's presence. Stop chasing security and all the things that you're pursuing. Let's make God our refuge. Choose him as your provider. Admit that you cannot provide security for yourself. Do you know how happy you'll be to hear you say that? Accept his calling instead of just depending on your vocation. His calling won't let you down. 
work for the king rather than your earthly boss, work will take on much more value for you if you do. Commit to God's design for relationships rather than seeking your security in another flawed human being. Trust God with your emotions. Stop trusting your circumstances. It is well with your soul no matter what. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Your circumstances cannot promise you emotional security. I want you to listen again to what God offers us from from Psalm 91. We're going to close with this and I'm going to invite the worship team to come up now and prepare to lead us in song to close out the service. I am going to read through Psalm 91. Make one closing statement and then we're going to go right into song this morning as we worship him for who he is and the security that we find in him. So listen well. Here's Psalm 91 again. You who sit down in the high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. That's right, he rescues you from hidden traps, shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing, not wild wolves in the night, not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon. Even though others succumb all around, drop like flies right and left, no harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched, watch it all from a distance, watch the wicked turn into corpses, yet because God's your refuge, the high God, your very own home, evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. If you'll hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care if you'll only get to know and trust me. Call me and I'll answer. Be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you, then throw you a party. I'll give you a long life, give you a long drink of salvation. Church, let's put our trust in the one who is for us, our refuge, our rock, our security.